chapter 8, verse 8 is our key verse for the series Tune In. And uh, today I'm going to preach the final sermon in that series, How to Recognize God's Voice. Luke chapter 8, verse 8, Jesus said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And I think all of you have ears out there today, so let's tune in to hear what Jesus has to say to us. All around you there are sounds going on. In fact, there are sound waves going through this building right now. You can't see them and you can't hear them unless you're tuned in. There are FM radio waves, AM radio waves, television waves going through this building at this very moment. Uh, there are cell phone waves going through here, and you might hear one of those here just a little bit. But, but unless you're tuned into these airwaves, you're never going to hear them. And church, the same thing is true with God. God is trying to speak to you. He's constantly transmitting to us. But unless you're tuned in, you're never going to hear Him. And if you happen to tune in to the wrong channel... You may think it's God, but it's not. So, how do you know when an idea is from the Lord? How can you discern the will of God? How do you know when an idea is from God or from the devil? How do you know when an idea is just not from yourself? If you confuse your desires with what God wants you to do, the results can be fatal. The Bible says there is a way which seems right unto a man, but the end thereof is the way of death. So it's very important to know when God is talking to you or when you're just talking to yourself. <laughs> it's also important to know when the devil's talking to you. Now when the devil speaks to us, we call that temptation. He puts ideas in your mind to do something that is wrong. And I, I'm absolutely amazed today of how God gets blamed for all kind of evil that is going on when it's not God's fault at all. When you hear people say, well, God told me to do that, and it's an unrighteous or unholy thing, you, you can know that they didn't really hear from God. Huh? It wasn't God talking to them. It was their own desires or their own imagination, or perhaps it was even the devil himself. I heard about a woman down in Texas who killed two of her children. And in court she said, God told me to do it. Well, it's obvious God didn't tell her to do that. So it's important that we are able to discern the voice of God. If you want a real good example of how quickly we can flip-flop from hearing God to hearing the devil, Matthew chapter 16 is a pretty good chapter to read. It's the story of Jesus talking to Peter. And Jesus says to Peter, Peter, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said back to Peter, Peter, you've got it right. You, you, you said the right thing, but you know what? You didn't get that from human wisdom. You got that from God. God gave you that idea, and he did. Then just a few minutes later in the same chapter, Jesus said to Peter, Peter, you know that I'm going to go to Jerusalem and I'm going to have to die on the cross, not only for your sin, but for the sin of the world. And Peter goes, wait a minute, Lord. And I'm giving you this out of the Harmon translation. He said, wait a minute, Lord. Don't do that. That's nonsense. You can't do that. And Jesus looks at Peter and says, 
that ideal came from the devil. Get behind me, Satan. Now, that's pretty amazing. Same guy, two different impressions within the matter of a couple of minutes. So, how do you know if it's God talking to you, you talking to yourself, or the devil speaking to you? Well, let's look at four ways this morning that we can test any idea that comes into our mind and know if it's coming from the Lord. All right? So, do you see how important this is today? Get your notes out. Let's take notes on this because this is really important stuff. Four ways to test if any idea or impression that you get in your mind is from God. Number one, very obvious, does it agree with the Bible? Question number one, does it agree with the Bible? That's the first way you can test any idea or impression. Does it agree with the Word of God? Because God will never contradict what He has already said in His Word. The Bible is God's Word given to us over thousands of years and God will never tell you to violate a principle that he's given us in his book because God is consistent. He'll never tell you to ignore something he's already told us in his book. He'll never tell you to deny something that he's told you in the Bible. He'll never tell you to contradict something that is written in his word. Jesus said in Luke chapter 21 verse 23, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. His words last forever. They are truth. They endure forever. Proverbs chapter 12 verse 19 says, Truth stands the test of time. Truth stands the test of time. What does that mean? Well, that means if it's true... It's always been true, and it's always going to be true. And God's Word is truth. It was truth 2,000 years ago. It was truth 1,000 years ago. It was true 50 years ago, and it's true today. And it's going to be true 5,000 years from today because God's truth stands the test of time. Fads don't. Fads come and go. Therapies change. Popular opinion changes. Trends change. Science changes. The science book I had when I was in high school is obsolete today. And it really wasn't that awful long ago. But anyway. But you know what? The truth of God never changes. So God would never say something, then change his mind later and said, You know what? Uh, we took a vote up here in heaven. We've, we've changed our mind on that. and We don't believe that anymore. That ain't going to happen, all right? So does, does this idea that I'm having in my mind, does, does it agree with the Word of God? So if God said in the Bible, which He does, pay your taxes, you might say, well, where does He say that? Remember the little coin episode? Huh? Whose image is on the coin? Jesus said, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's, render unto God that which is God's. Remember that? What He's teaching there is you pay your taxes, all right? So if April 15th comes around and you get this crazy impression in your mind, you know, if I just shave a little bit off here and there, I can really save a lot of money. And you know what? Besides, I need it a whole lot more than Uncle Sam needs it. If you get that idea, it didn't come from God. All right? You're not liking these illustrations very well, are you? Well, I'm going to keep going then because I'm on a cord, all right? If the Bible says, and it does... You need to be honest and fair in all of your business dealings. 
You might say, well, where does it say that? Just read the whole Bible. I mean, read the whole Bible. God hates an unjust scale. You know, that's when people were trying to cheat other people with, with, with weighing things out and with dealing with money. God teaches us that we need to be honest with people and we need to do the right thing. So if you figure out a way to make a little bit more money by cutting a corner unethically, that idea didn't come from God. Okay? Because God's truth never changes. He meant it then and he means it now. So if God says, and he said in his word, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not commit fornication. Basically what God is saying is this, here's the way I created my human beings. For every man there's a woman, for every woman there's a man. One man, one woman in united matrimony for life. And within that union, you can have sexual relationships with each other. But it's only within that union you can do that. So if you get this crazy idea that God's going to give you permission to go out and have sex with anyone you want to have sex with, you're wrong. Because God never said that in his word. Now is that simple and plain enough? I, mean, I don't mean to be rude or, you know, but is it plain enough? Huh? Yeah. So does the ideal that I'm getting in my head agree with the word of God? Because... God's will for your life is never going to contradict what God has given us in His Word. I love Galatians 1.8. Paul said, but even if we or an angel from heaven preach to you any other gospel than what we have preached to you, let that person be accursed. That's pretty heavy stuff. Did you know that most of the cults that exist today started because somebody claimed an angel came to them and said, the Bible is not enough. You need this book to supplement the Bible. God says no. Even if an angel comes to you and says that this book is not enough, they are wrong. Because this book is all that we need. It's all that God has given. So, does this impression I'm getting match up to the Bible? Did you know that the vast majority of God's will for your life is found right here in the Word of God? All you need to do is read it. And if you don't read the Bible and if you don't know the Bible, you're going to be duped by all kinds of Satan's lies. And he's going to get you to, to commit sin that you don't need to be committing because you simply don't know the Word of God. So the Bible is essential. We always get into trouble when we doubt God's word or when we don't obey God's word. So every day I'm getting these impressions. Every day I'm getting ideas. I had some ideas right before I started preaching this morning. You're getting ideas in your head right now. The first test is, does that idea agree with the word of God? Okay. Test number two, does this idea or impression make me more like Jesus Christ? Does this thought that I'm having, if I follow through on it, is it going to make me more like Jesus? Because Jesus is the standard by which we measure all the ideas and all the impressions that come into our mind. God's goal is to make us like His Son, Jesus Christ. That's God's objective for our life. That is His number one goal for your life. To make you like his son, Jesus. How do I know that? Well, the Bible tells me so. 
Philippians chapter 2 verse 5. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. So God's will for my life is for me to have the mind of Christ. And if that is God's goal for our life, and it is, He obviously would not put an impression in our minds that would lead us in a direction that is opposite to the major goal that He has for our lives, and that is to make us like His Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. That's some good preaching right there. Yeah. So I measure, does, does this idea I'm having make me more like Jesus? Is this something that Jesus would be thinking about? Hmm? I love 2 Corinthians 10.5. Paul says, we take captive every thought so that it is obedient to Jesus Christ. He's saying this, every thought I have in my mind has to go through this God filter. I am taking captive every thought that comes into my head and I am making that thought obedient to Jesus. Because friend, this right here is where it all starts. It starts in your mind. It starts in your head. All right. I, I told the Wednesday night crowd, uh, I heard Adrian Rogers, uh, the, the deceased Adrian Rogers preach a sermon some time ago. And, and in the sermon, Adrian Rogers said, if you can't pray about it, you don't need to be thinking about it. Well, I'm telling you, that is some good stuff right there. If I can't talk to God about the thoughts I'm having in my mind, you know what? Those thoughts don't need to be in my mind. Okay? Another way to say this is that old question we used to ask, what would Jesus do? You know, we used to wear those little bracelets. What would Jesus do? Well, you need to ask yourself that when you have a thought. What would Jesus do? What would Jesus do with this thought? What would Jesus do in this circumstance? James chapter 3 is a pretty good checklist for that. It's good to have these verses with you anytime you're making a decision because these verses tell us how to know if something is not an impression from God or flip-flop how to see if something is an impression from God when it comes to the character qualities of Jesus Christ. So let me read James chapter 3 beginning in verse 14. It says, But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom, okay, these ideas, they are not from above. They don't descend from above. But they are earthly and sensual and demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion, and every evil thing are there. Now verse 17. But the wisdom that is from above, God's wisdom, here's what you need to be thinking about, is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. So, how do you know if an impression is not from God? Well, if it comes from bitter envy, it's not from God. Hmm? If the impression is all about wanting to retaliate against somebody else or getting even with somebody else, if, if it's something that grows out of jealousy, that makes you want to do or buy something, that impression is not from God. That impression is earthly, sensual, and demonic. It didn't come from God. So get it out of your mind. 
Also, he talks here about selfish ambition. We get selfish ambition impressions all the time. But God is not going to give those to you. God's not going to give you an impression that makes you more selfish. Did you hear that? God is not going to give you an impression to make you more selfish. He's going to give you impressions to make you more serving. God's not going to give you any self-serving ideals. We get enough of those on our own, don't we? The ideals that come from God are going to be ideals that help us serve other people and helps make a difference in other people's lives. Okay? So if you have these ideas and there, there's bitter envy there, there's selfish ambition, understand that's not wisdom from above. That didn't come from God. That is earthly. It's demonic. It's sensual. But in verse 17, we have a list of, of things to know, okay, if, if it's from God or not. And, and this list says, yes, if you get an idea and you can correlate it with this list of seven things, it's from God. What are they? Number one, is it pure? Is it pure? Guys, if it's impure, it's obviously not from God. Now, that sounds pretty simple, doesn't it? But you would, wouldn't believe how many people I meet and have met through the years who are trying to convince themselves that an impure impression is somehow from God. And that somehow or another God is okay with it because it's them who are dealing with it and it is them who have had the impression. And so because it's them, God's okay with it. You, you understand what I'm saying? Years ago in another church, another day and time, I was counseling this guy. He came into my office and, and he went to our church and, and uh, he and his wife had had problems. He had left her and he was sleeping with his secretary. And, and I, don't, I don't know what came over him, but he had the audacity to say to me that, you know what, he had prayed about it and that was okay with God. I'm thinking, dude, what have you been smoking, man? You know? Really, where, where did you get that? Because, again, it, go, it goes against that first point. It's, it's contrary to, to God's word. And God is never going to give you an exemption to do sin because it's you. See, we think that because I'm special, and my circumstances are special. Well, he, said, he went on to say, preacher, if you only knew that all that my wife's done to me, I, you know, I don't deserve that, but I deserve this. I'm, Dude, no, you don't. What you're talking about is impure. God is never going to give you an idea or an impression that is impure. So, number one, is it pure? Number two, is it peaceable? God is never going to impress you to do something that is going to cause conflict because that's not what God is about. God is about bringing peace. Okay? Now understand, God may speak to you and say, I want you to go and confront someone about their lifestyle or about their sin. Sometimes you have to confront your children or people in your house about things that they are doing wrong. But that confrontation is never for conflict. You're not trying to pick a fight. You're trying to bring about peace, peace in their heart, peace in the relationship. So is this idea that God has given you ultimately going to bring about peace? Number three, is it considerate? That is, is it gentle? When God gives you an impression, God is concerned about the impact that that impression is going to have on other people. Is it going to hurt somebody else's life? God is never going to give you an impression that is going to mess up somebody else's life. Okay, so it has to be gentle. Number four, 
is this impression willing to yield? That simply means, is it humble? Is it teachable? If, if, if God gives an idea, He's giving you the idea to give you direction in your life, but you're going to have to be willing to accept the direction He gives you. So is it willing to yield? Number five, is it full of mercy and good fruits? Now, we like that mercy when other people are giving it to us. Sometimes we don't like to dish out mercy, do we? But he's asking, is it full of mercy? This is how you know if an impression is from God. I know a lot of people who think they've been impressed by God, but they are the most judgmental, condemning, and negative people. And they didn't get that from God. Because our God is a God of mercy, and that mercy is going to bear good fruit. And then number six and seven, I've coupled these together. It's also impartial and it is sincere. That is, it is without hypocrisy. We don't try to manipulate others. We don't try to control others. And this thought is not going to make you one way in front of someone and another way in front of somebody else. Because Jesus wasn't that way. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So here are these seven things. They are all character qualities of Jesus Christ. And when I get an impression, I need to go through the filter of these seven things and determine if it's going to make me more like Jesus if I do it. All right? Are you with me? It looks like I'm boring you. Okay, here's number three then. I'm going to go on. Not only, number one, does it agree with the Bible, and number two, does it make me more like Christ, but number three, is this ideal consistent with the way God made me? Before you were born... When you were in your mother's womb, God formed you. God planned, listen to this, this is so important. God planned the contribution that he wanted you to make to this world and he gave you that form. He gave you that shape. That means he gave you the abilities that you have, the spiritual gifts that you have, the heart that you have, the passion you've had, the experiences that you have had in the past. And it takes all of those things to make you who you are. God shaped you and designed you for a specific purpose. Every one of you. Ephesians 2.10 For we are His workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And God is going to give us impressions and ideas that fit within the way we have been formed. Alright? Our shape reveals our purpose. Now, I don't have a chair up here, but here's something I can use. This stool right here. I can take this stool right here and I can put it out here. And just by the shape of this stool, I know what its purpose is. That little piece of, of metal furniture was made for me to sit on. How do I know that? Even if you didn't tell me it was a stool, I would know that because of its shape. I mean, look at it. What's it for? Help me, people. Come on. I'm struggling right here. It's to sit on. Now, I go over here and I look at this here guitar. Can I say it like that? This here guitar? Is this still Bill's guitar? That, did Bill leave his guitar out here for me to use this? Bill Bartlett's guitar. That's a special guitar. That's, that is a Taylor guitar. That's a pretty expensive guitar. I can look at that thing and I can tell you right off the bat, I don't want to sit on that. 
I can tell by the shape of it that's not something I want to sit on. And let me tell you, Brother Bill would appreciate it if I didn't sit on it. Are you with me? Do you understand what I'm saying? And you know what? You can tell by the shape of something what it's meant for. And you can tell by the shape that God has given you what God wants from your life. I know I'm not communicating to you, so what I'm trying to say is this. The way God has made you and fashioned you tells you an incredible amount about God's will for your life. Romans chapter 12, Paul is talking about spiritual gifts. And in verse 6 he says, God has given each of us the ability to do certain things well. You know what? I don't care who you are. That's for you. God has given you the ability to do certain things well. Now, there are some people that can just do everything well, and I hate those people. Don't you? They make me want to vomit, man. I mean, I tell you. But for all of us, God has given us the ability to do certain things well. So if Bill, I'm going to use Bill Bartley because that's his guitar. God has given Bill this incredible talent to, to play musical instruments. You're, you're in the second service, but he plays in our band on the first service. And he can play the guitar. Uh, this morning he had his little mandolin out here. I love it when he pulls that mandolin out and he, he plays that mandolin. He's, he's got a whole rack of harmonicas that he plays. And I'm telling you what, he can bring the roof down when he plays that harmonica. He, he is just gifted musically. I, on the other hand, don't have any gifts when it comes to music. I really don't. Now, I can tell when somebody's on key or on pitch. Isn't that what they call it? I can tell when they're on pitch. I just can't get there. Okay. I can hear, I can hear the rhythm. I can hear when Shannon and, and Tim are in rhythm and they're, they're playing the drums and the bongos. I can hear them being in rhythm. I, I just can't keep it, man. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? I'm not... I'm not good at that. So if I get this impression or this idea that I need to be singing a special on Sunday morning at the 1030 service, it's not a good idea. Okay? Or if I get the impression that I need to be on American Idol, and I don't know where some of those people get those ideas. So let me tell you, somebody's been lying to them. You know? Yeah. Well, you know, I do have, I do have the looks for it. I just don't have... I just don't have the voice for it, I guess. Here, here's the deal. You, you go with the impressions that fit the way God made you and the ability that he's given you. That, that, that's, that's the way it is. Here's another thing. If you get an impression that is entirely contrary to the way God has shaped you, you, you need to rethink that or ignore it. And you know what? We get those all the time. Here's the reason why. We compare ourselves with other people. And we think, I would like to be like them. I would like to be them. Well, the funny thing about that is, they want to be like you. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. It really is crazy. I told the first service, and, and please understand where this is coming from. I'm, 
I'm, I'm not, just understand this story. It was not very many years after I came to Kavanaugh, and I was, I was, I was here at this big church, and, you know, I was, I was fairly young at the time, and, and I was on a national board, and I was on state boards, and I was the chairman of Hillsdale's board, and I was doing all this kind of crazy stuff. And, and I had this, this preacher friend of mine who pastors a little country church that runs about 75 people on Sunday mornings. And that's all, all he had to do is go to church and preach on Sunday mornings. Uh, Monday, uh, Monday through Saturday, he'd be out hunting and fishing and playing golf because his church didn't need him. And he's out in the country and is never going to grow. He's just 75 people. He looked at me one day and he said, I'm jealous of you, Will. And he meant this. I mean, it was straight talk. He said, I'm jealous. I wish I were you. And I'm thinking, dude, I wish I were you. <laughs> that didn't go over very good. I hope, I hope you understand what, what I'm talking about. We always want to be something we're not. But friend, listen to me. God made you to be the person that you are for a reason. God shaped you the way he shaped you to make an incredible impact on our world. So God's leading is never going to contradict the way he's made you to be. In fact, it is going to confirm the shape that you have been given for the purpose that he has made you for. Okay, so you're with me. Number one, does this impression agree with the Bible? Number two, does it make me more like Jesus? Number three, is it consistent with how God made me? And then finally, number four. Do I sense God's peace about this? If, if you get an impression, this, this idea, this feeling, and, and all it makes you do is be confused and, and fret, you ought to question whether or not that idea is really from God. Now, now, I said in the first service, and I'll quickly say to you, most of the time when God gives us an idea, if it's for Him and His kingdom, it's going to stretch us. And it's probably going to make us feel uncomfortable. Every, every big thing God has asked me to do has made me very uncomfortable. And I've, I've kind of, Lord, I, I can't do that. There's no way I could do something like that. But that's not what I'm talking about here. Okay? Because sooner or later, if God wants you to do it, there is going to be a peace about that. You're going to get God's peace about it. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, there it is, the peace of God, which surpasseth all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind through the Lord Jesus Christ. So this verse tells us we don't need to be worrying about things. Worry is never from God. Worry only creates pressure in our lives. It also gives us this incredible promise. Just take our problems to Him. If he speaks something to us, let's talk to him about that thing. And, and if it's from God, there will be peace that comes into your life. In fact, one of the clearest signs that an idea is from God is when all of a sudden you sense this peace. The peace of God. And, and it may be in the midst of all kinds of distractions and all kinds of problems, but you got the peace. Huh? Just a couple of stories about that. Years ago, I was on the National Sunday School Board. That, that's the board of our denomination that, that produces all of our Sunday School curriculum. And, and uh, we, we, were, we had spent almost an entire day discussing a very critical issue. 
and, and the, the vote of the board was going to change the direction of the curriculum for the National Association of Free Will Baptist curriculum. I mean, it's a, it was an important thing, all right? But, but there, was, there was no consensus on the board at all. Everybody, all, all nine guys were from different regions and different states and different backgrounds. And, and, and as we talked about this issue, uh, everybody had their own idea and, and nobody was in agreement. And there was, there was dissension on the board. And it was very clear to see that. The chairman of our board was a very godly man. And he said, fellas, here's what we need to do. We need to stop talking about this and we need to pray about it. And so we did. We were around this huge board table and, 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 uh, and, and, and we got away from that table and got out of these comfortable chairs and got on our knees and we prayed. We just went around the room. Every one of us prayed and asked God to give us wisdom, give us direction. We didn't have it and we needed it. Please, God, speak to us. Give, give us what we need to make this decision. And after about 30 minutes of praying, we got back in those comfortable chairs. And you know what? There was a different atmosphere in that room. Totally different. We, we no longer argued. There were new ideas that were presented that came on the table. And we came to an agreement. And all of a sudden, there was this incredible peace in the room. Because we had heard from God. Yeah, do you understand what I'm saying? Okay. Uh, Eighteen years ago, y'all, uh, this church called to called me and asked me if I'd consider being its pastor. And I said no. Because I, you know, I, it, nothing against you guys. No, really, nothing against you guys. I was just happy where I was. I was in Texas. <laughs> yeah. Plano, Texas, one of, one of the fastest growing cities and the, the best school district that, that there was in Texas. I mean, great place to live. Awesome church that was growing. I was happy where I was. And so I didn't want to leave there. And, and I, 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 I told Bob, no, I don't, I'm, I'm not interested in coming. I told the church board here, no, I'm not interested in coming. But you know what? That went on for three months, three of the most miserable months of my entire life. It was. It was, it was grueling. It was difficult. God was trying to speak to me, but here's the deal. I wasn't tuned in to him. I wasn't because I didn't want to come. But finally, after a, kind of a... A wrestling episode with God, I changed the way I was praying. I got tuned in, Ronnie. And when I did, I'll never forget where I was and when it happened. When I got tuned in to God, there was just this incredible peace that came on my spirit. I came and preached. The church voted. I became your pastor. And you know what? Since then, I've had this peace in my heart that I'm where God wants me to be. You know what, let me tell you something. If I had not had that peace in the last 18 years, I would no longer be here. I can tell you that. Because you've got to have the peace of God. These four ways God gives us to test any impression, to see if it's from God, and they work. I've been using them all my life. Number one, does it agree with the Bible? Number two, does it make me more like Jesus Christ? Number three, is it consistent with how God shaped me? And number four, do I sense God's peace about it? And if you will use these four filters, you will know if it's God speaking to you or not. Bottom line. As I end this series on learning to hear from God, I want to end where I started with. It takes more, church, than just hearing God's voice. I've been talking about this whole last four weeks. We need to tune in. We need to hear God's voice. But that's only the first step. 
Not only do we hear God's voice, you need to act on it. And then you need to pass that on, what you hear from God. There are three parts to the Christian life. Number one, hearing from God. Number two, acting on what He tells you to do. And then number three, passing on what He tells you to somebody else. Because that's the way we communicate how God is working. Tell somebody else. God speaks to the people who do all three. They hear, they act, they pass on. So if you're not hearing from God, one of the reasons may be that you haven't acted on what He's already told you and you're not passing on what He's given you. Are you with me? Why would God tell you step number two when you haven't done step number one? Okay? So we hear, we act, then we pass on. Somebody in this room may be saying, you know, preacher, I don't think God's ever, ever spoken to me. I, I don't think I've ever heard God speak to me. Hmm. Well, the Bible says, he who belongs to God, here's what God says. Maybe the reason that you don't hear God speaking to you is because you don't belong to God. If you've never heard from God, then right now you need to ask yourself, am I really saved? Am I really going to go to heaven when I die? Am I a child of God? Am I part of the family of faith? Have I stepped across the line and done what is necessary to have my name written in the Lamb's book of life? Because God speaks to His children. And if you haven't heard God's voice, maybe it's because you're not a child of God. Church membership won't cut it. Being a good person is not good enough. You've got to admit that you're a sinner. Believe that Jesus can save you. And confess Him as Lord of your life. I'm going to ask that you bow your head right now and close your eyes. And if you've never done that, would you do that right now? Just pray a simple prayer with me and ask Jesus into your heart. Get to know God this morning. Become His child. Pray this prayer with me if you want Jesus in your heart. Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Change my life. 